Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm so grateful for um, the message of faith. I'm so grateful for the message of in Christ's realities, who we are in him. I'm so thankful uh, that Jesus uh, saw fit and the father saw fit to not just bring us Um, up out of where we were at and just save us so that we would just be rescued and left on the side to figure things out for ourselves. But I'm so grateful that the Father had a full plan of redemption, that he didn't leave anything out, he didn't leave anyone out, that he rescued us and then restored us to the place that he originally intended for us to have when he created Adam and Eve. You were never created for a low life. You have been created for a high life. Amen? And I'm not talking about the high life (laughs) that the world talks about that involves a lot of other things than what are in the word of God, right? I'm talking about the high life of living in joy and victory. We're talking about the high life that is talked about in the word of God where he said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. This is the high life that you and I have been restored to, where we reign from a place on high, where we see things from a different perspective, where we're not pulled this way and that by the world's way of thinking and doing, but we are settled and secured because the blood of Jesus has found it and secured for you a place in the family of God. Where the enemy cannot touch you. He cannot touch your children. He can't touch your marriage. He can't touch your finances. He can't touch your body unless you allow him to. Amen? We have such a place of authority in this life. And the Lord wants us to rise up and see ourselves in the place that he's put us in. Because he's given us the the wheel. Not like the country song, Jesus, take the wheel. I mean, sometimes you, you might want to sing that in your life. Just Jesus, you know, take the wheel. That song never made sense to me because if I'm driving on icy roads, I'm not going to let go of the wheel. If you've heard the song, you know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> Jesus is in us. <laughs> so he didn't, he didn't put us in this life for us to just let go and go, oh, God, do what you're going to do. No, he gave us a manual. He's given us instruction. He's given us a picture, an identity of who we are. And when we see that, we know we're not just like let, taking our hands off the wheel and seeing where the car goes. No, we know where it goes. <laughs> Amen. We know that we're on a road of victory. We know that we're on a, on a road of life because of what he's done for us. Are you as happy as I am about that? I don't know. I can't tell. I'm so thankful 
that he saw fit to have a plan and to, to bring me into the world for such a time as this. To bring you into the world for such a time as this. He put us in the best days. We are in the best days. We're in the best times. We are equipped and empowered for this time. The equipment that we have, that we carry within us, the word of God talks about it. This is a treasure that we have in earthen vessels. That the excellency may be of the power of God and not not of ourselves. And then it says we're, you know, we're pressed. But we're not, we're not crushed. We might be pushed. But we're not, we're not under the power that's in us is, is uh, for this time. The equipment that's in us is meant for this time for us to shine, not to whine. <laughs> it's given to us so that we can shine in the moments where we'd like to whine, where we'd like to, to look at what's going on and talk about all that's happening around us and how it may affect us. No, it's not going to affect the righteous. If you're a righteous one, you call the shots. You say how it's going to be for you and your family. Amen. Praise God. You are God's work. You're his workmanship. I shared it this weekend from Ephesians uh, chapter 2, the 10th verse. I love the Amplified. It says, for we are his workmanship. We have been recreated. We've been recreated. Say, I've been recreated. Why don't you just turn over there with me, if you would. We'll begin there today. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Recreated. Recreated. Made new, totally new. This is not one of those remodel jobs where you're applying another level of paint or wallpaper over 20 more layers that have been there for the last 30 years. This is talk about this is talking about a whole new species of being, totally new. It makes me think about just to you know bring in a natural of. Uh, Example, did you ever see that show, Extreme Home Makeover, that was on? Oh, it's been like over a decade ago. Extreme Home Makeover. They would come into a town and they would pick an individual. Usually uh, there was, uh, they were someone serving in the community and, and they, they were giving of their lives for others. And they would get rewarded with a new house. And so they would come in. These houses were many times the floors were falling in and the plumbing was bad and uh, the, the electricity hadn't been redone in, in 30 years and there were fire hazards and whatnot. It was a mess. So they would send the family off on a vacation and they would say, we're going to remodel your house. And then I always loved this as the best part of the show when the families would come home from their vacation, they would, be, uh, they would hide the home so they couldn't see it when they were pulling up. And then the family would get out of, of the limousine, and they all have their, their um, what do you call those, 
bandanas or blinders on. And so they would have this huge bus in front of the home. You guys remember this? And then the crowd that gathered, they would have a crowd from uh, the neighbors and the, the town would come out to be a part of the reveal. And they would start chanting, move that bus, move that bus, move that bus. And they would move the bus and on the other side of the bus was a house that never existed before. They would tear down the house completely and build sometimes several stories just to get it to fit on the lot that was there because they were so small many times. But it would be something that had never existed before. It had zero resemblance to the home that they lived in before. And I'm telling you, that's a natural example. But you and I, when we see ourselves in Christ, we've got to stop mixing up the old with the new. And realize that we are completely new. And everything that is resemblance of the old you can be subjected to the blood of Jesus. Amen. And the word of God. You've been recreated in Christ Jesus. Say, I am recreated in Christ Jesus. I'm a new species of being. One that never existed before. He says, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He has recreated you and I for a good life. How many people do you see? Uh, no, raise of hand, no raise of hands. Don't look at anybody. Um, don't jab your neighbor or your spouse. Um, how many times do you, you see individuals who attend church and they hear the word and they hear the word and they hear the word and they hear the word? And they hear the word, and they hear the word, and they hear the word, and they hear the word. I mean, maybe, don't point at yourself. And they hear the word, but yet nothing changes. Their life still has a resemblance of the old. Because they've come just in to the foyer, but they haven't made their way fully to the altar. But he has a life for you and I that is full of blessing and it is a, a life of change. Growing up in the church, it would always bother me because I would see people, because we prayed at the altars every Sunday and I loved that. But I would, I, as a young girl, I would see them come and pray and pray and pray, but then they wouldn't change. Well, why weren't they changing? Was God not hearing their prayers? Were they not getting answers? No, I would dare say it is because they did not see who they were. They didn't understand the victory they had. And so I remember going to Bible school. And uh, not long into to being there my first year, it dawned on me during one of the classes. I was so excited because I saw that the victory that we would sing about and talk about in church, I could actually walk in. That it wasn't just meant to be sung about, but it was to be lived and walked out in this life. 
And the believer who finds out who they are in Christ and begins to rule and reign as a king in this life is a threat to the enemy. Amen? And so I was so excited to find out, oh my goodness, I can actually live this. That change that I desire to see, it is for me and it is for you. Amen? Complete change, complete victory is yours and mine. As I was preparing this morning, the Lord um, dropped a couple things on my heart about um, who you are. Knowing who you are, your identity. And we find in Psalm, the 139th chapter, it says here in verse 13, For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. He knew us before we were even born. He knew you, had you in mind Before you were born. He knew you. (laughs) I remember one day I was was driving down the, the highway and talking to the Lord just about knowing him. I was confessing John 10 where it talks about how my sheep hear my voice. And they know me and they follow me. And a voice, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow So I was just meditating that scripture with the Lord and in fellowship with him. And just saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that I know you. And before I could hardly get those words off of my my tongue, I heard him say, and I know you. Well, that's scripture. But something about hearing that in my heart. As I was talking to him. Oh, God, you know me. And the way that he said it, it was like, I know you. Like nobody else knows you. And I love you completely. You know, sometimes we're afraid, you know, for people to get to know, know you. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I got married. I think I had this this little expectation that when Darren really knew me. You know, when he saw me in the morning. Before the hair was washed, right? Before I'd put on all the stuff. What's he going to think? And sometime after being married, not too long, one of my single friends who was believing God for a husband, she said, Regina, what's your favorite part of marriage? I said, what's my favorite part of marriage? I said, you know what I think it is? I said, unconditional love that marriage shows me the heart of the father and his unconditional love for me he knows us he knows you he knows all of it (laughs) all of it he knows what you're overcoming and yet he's with you to walk you through amen he's so faithful he's there for you and i He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's so good. And we must know, we must know him that way. Because without knowing him that way, it's kind of hard to understand the city seated in heavenly places in Christ. I remember Brother Hagin telling the story about, I believe it was the first time Jesus appeared to him. 
And Brother Hagen fell on the, the ground and put his head down. And he said, no one is as unworthy as I to look upon your face, Jesus. And Jesus said, if I'm quoting it correctly, stand upright on thy feet. He said, you are worthy because I have made you worthy. You are worthy. If Jesus were to appear to you and I today, and we don't need him to, we have his word. But if he did, he would say the same thing to you and I. Do you believe that? That he has made you worthy. That he has created you for his purpose, for his joy, for his delight. We delight ourselves in him, but he delights in us. He delights in us our desire to know him. That thrills his heart. That we desire to know his ways. It thrills him. It thrills him when we step out in faith. It thrills him when we speak his word and we believe. When we obey, his heart is so happy. When we worship him, we get so enthralled with our worship of him and magnifying him. And I think if we could see his heart, he is so happy when we worship him. I think sometimes we need to get, we, we get so consumed with our part that we forget his part. <laughs> he is eager. The, the, the word of God says he watches over his word to perform it. So he is eager to perform on, on your behalf, on my behalf, because he loves us and because he has this plan for your life. He has a plan for my life that he's prearranged and made ready for us to live. When I was single, I didn't cook hardly at all. And, uh, I mean, well, I still cook, um, but I don't bake because I haven't had the patience for it or the time. And I like things to be right. So if I don't know it's going to be right the first time and I don't have time to practice, I'm not going to do it. Because I want it to be good, right? So um, there's a whole story behind that of why I feel that way. But I'm going to leave that for another time. But I think it's really quite wonderful that they have pre-made cake mixes for people like me. <laughs> because really, if you mess it up, you got problems. <laughs> you need to go to school, learn how to read. Right? Maybe your measuring cups are off. I don't know. Um, but prearranged, it works for me. And if you're from scratch, God bless you. I, 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 I'm grateful for your... Actually, where's the brownie? That was so good. And I bet... I don't know how she made them, but they were good. That's all that matters. We don't care. Right? But the Lord has prearranged things for you and I. And it's good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know his plan for your life? It's good. Amen. 
So back to Psalm 139. He, he knit us together in our mother's womb. So verse 14, this is where I wanted to get to. I will confess and praise you, for you are fearful and wonderful. And for the awful, the wonderful, awful wonder of my birth. The King James says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't make mistakes. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Do we have some things that need to be renewed, corrected, yeah, submitted, changed? Absolutely. But God fearfully and wonderfully made you and I. You know, when we get so consumed with our mistakes, our failures, our shortcomings, our imperfections, and we get focused on those things and we talk about them every chance we get, we think about it nonstop, it hinders our faith. It hinders our faith. So the Lord doesn't want us to be consumed with the imperfection. He wants us to be consumed with him and the good work that he has done. Because this is what happens when we get consumed with the good work that he has done and we stay focused on it by by reading his word and finding out who we are in Christ. By hearing the good word when we come to church from our pastors and letting that word take root in our heart and our soul and our mind. Then suddenly, you'll start seeing the things that you need to apply the word to. It'll just pop up. Those things will just pop up. You can't deny it. There's going to be room for growth. (laughs) If you stay in and around the presence of the Lord and stay in his word, your opportunities for growth and the things that the Lord, in the order he wants you to even deal with them. They'll pop to the top and then you'll go, oh, I don't think that's supposed to be there. That doesn't line up with the word of God. That is not a good fruit in my life. Okay, what do I need to do with that? Apply the word to it. And then those imperfections, uh, he will begin to strengthen you in that area and make you a greater blessing. And so you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a marvelous work yourself. You're a marvelous work created for good works in this earth. Some of you need to say that I'm a marvelous work. My grandfather, one of my grandfathers, it was my mother's stepfather. He was a chronic um, uh, alcoholic and came close to to getting uh, free several times. Uh, But just he wouldn't give his heart to Jesus. And so he did finally on his deathbed give his heart to Jesus. He just barely slipped in. But we're glad he's there. And um, I so had a heart for him to see him free. But his family, you know, you can't always just go in and, and give him a machine gun message, you know, and, and drag him into the kingdom. So we prayed for him. But I found this little piece of artwork that said, <laughs> it said, everything God created is good. And so I gave it to him one, one day as a gift, and he was not in a good place. And I said, Grandpa, I said, you were created by God. And I said, because you were created by God, you are good. You are good. 
Some people look at that and say, you're crazy. Do you know all the things that he has done? Do you know what kind of bondage he's in right now? And the truth is, he, he didn't receive it that day. Now, I believe that the love of, of Jesus was flowing to him in that moment, and he felt it. But he was good, because God created him. So you are created for goodness. You're created good. You are good. This whole mindset of, it's a mindset of condemnation. And if we were to look at Romans, the 8th chapter, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you. If you're in Christ, how many of you are in Christ today? There's no condemnation for you. But if we read on, there there is a key uh, to living free from condemnation. And it is, uh, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because if we will walk after the spirit, the bondages of the flesh have no place in us. And so if we want to keep condemnation at bay, we have to walk in the spirit, choose to walk in the spirit. Not just the moment that we hit the church doors. But every day, you say, well, I'm struggling with that. I have a bad temper. I say things that I shouldn't, and I repent ten times a day. Or maybe there's another area of your flesh that you say, I know I'm not walking in the Spirit. And there's bondage in my life that I need to be free from. What do I do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get aggressive. We have to get aggressive with the word of God and make a choice that these things that have, that have hung around in our life are not acceptable anymore. I'll tell you a couple things I've done. I have a big poster board in my bedroom that if anybody was to walk in who didn't know the things that we know, they'd go, cuckoo. That is not good artwork. Big poster board. Took some, a big, fat, black marker. And wrote on there. I'm not going to tell you what I wrote. <laughs> Things that I needed to be reminded of the moment I wake up in the morning. So that I will live my life in the spirit and not in the flesh. We have to do these basic things that our pastors have been teaching us for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Like I shared yesterday, take scriptures, find scriptures that talk about who you are. If you're struggling with your identity, if you identify more with your family of origin, your biological family, then we do with the family of God, we're going to have identity problems. Because our parents were the channel in which God used to bring us into the earth. 
And they were given a responsibility to steward our life, to steward our call. But when we hit the age of accountability, now we're accountable and we have to know that just because we look like them and talk like them and act like them in some ways, that we are actually more a son and a daughter of the Most High God than we are our biological. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that is not in any way a dishonor of the the parental figure. But even as parents, you know, you have to give those kids to the Lord. They're yours, Lord. They're yours now because you can't control the outcome of their life. They have to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh themselves. They have to discern the path God's ordained for them to walk in. So uh, as parents, we have to see them as God's children just as much as they need to see themselves as a child of God. A person who finds their complete source in their heavenly father and the covenant that they've been given in Christ are unstoppable. They're unshakable. They're secure. No matter what comes their way, even if they get shaken for a moment, they will find their way into the place of faith. They will find their way into that place of authority. It's better not to be shaken, but guess what? It doesn't matter how many times you have been shaken. You are not weak. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So don't allow these repeat attacks of the enemy to to bear you down, to wear you down and make you think that you're not strong. You ask me, why, why do you say that? Well, I remember a time I was leading worship at a church and we would have our rehearsals on Saturday. And right after the rehearsal, I got this really strange, out of nowhere, stabbing pain in my eye. And I didn't know what it was. And it was not like, it didn't like show up and leave. Like it just stayed. And at that time, it was before urgent cares were everywhere. Um, So I didn't want to go to the hospital. I'm like, on Saturday night, I've got to lead worship the next morning. And so my husband had just recently heard a testimony by Dr. Yonggi Cho how he had confessed the word. I think, I think he had been diagnosed with, it was some terminal illness. But he confessed the word 1,500 times. He was counting it with a counter. <laughs> well, I wasn't trained to confess the word like that, but it was a pretty cool testimony because when he got to 1,500, he received his healing. Well, now don't all y'all go out and buy counters. <laughs> Minister Regina said, 1500 is the number. Get the counter. Write the book. Yeah, it's like a new message. Just kidding. Don't say that. But my husband can sometimes take things literally. So he had come home and I was, I was crying. I was, I was struggling. I was struggling. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I couldn't open my eye and was in just serious pain. And he said, well, remember Dr. Youngie Cho? I'm like, I have been meditating. Well, he sat down on the floor Next to me, I'm in the bed, and he starts counting my confessions. And I thought, oh, Lord, we are going to be here all night. So I'm, I'm crying through the pain as I'm confessing the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed by your stripes. I am healed. By your stripes, I am healed. I'm healed now. I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. And so I went on and on, I don't know how long, a few minutes. 
And as I was meditating that word and declaring the word over myself, what was real, that was real. The pain felt real, but the word of God and the reality of who I was in Christ at that moment was more real. I just had to get that to come up from my spirit and dawn on the rest of me, right? And so as I'm meditating, by your stripes I'm healed, what, it's so cool how the word works. It's a light. And it, it'll, it shines on the inside of you. And so as you're meditating the word of God, so, something will pop up, like I said earlier. And you know what popped up in me? I, I, said, I said, wait a second. I'm not weak. And in that moment, I, I could see that the Holy Spirit wanted me to address a lie that I had believed. That I was weak. So as I, I, I said, wait a second, I'm not weak. I'm strong. <laughs> I'm strong. Sickness has no place in me. I am strong. I have the victory right now. And at that point, something shifted. Something changed. And it wasn't long, and that pain went away, and I didn't have to confess it 1,500 times. Thank the Lord. The Word is alive. The Word is alive in us. And the Word of God will bring light to who you really are. Who you really are. Who you really are. You are strong. You are healed. You are well. You are smart. Come on. These are not just worldly confessions, you know, pep talks. This is reality. This is who you're called to be. It's who I am called to be so that we can do the will of God in the earth without limitation. See, if the enemy can can get us mixed up about our identity, he can get us sidelined, get us over into sin, get us off course, get us out of the will of God. But when we find out who we are, nothing can shake us. It's like like the, the CEO of a company. It, it's hard to get in to see the CEO unless you're, you're the child and you bear their name and you have their blood running through your veins. Because if that's you, guess what? All the security guards let you run through. And you know what? That's who you and I are. That's who we are. We have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and not just to his office, but we get to operate out of the authority of his office because of what the blood of Jesus did for you and I through the Son. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it good? So identity, uh, who we identify with, gives us access. It gives us access. And so when we identify with him, we have access to all that he provides. When we identify with ourselves and our, our works, then we just get our works, what we can produce. I think about a, a story, and I know I need to be wrapping up here, a story uh, about two families that were a part of one of Brother Hagen's churches. And this one family, they, they weren't the best church members. We'll just say that. They weren't super faithful. Um, but every time they got sick or, or anything, they would call on Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen would run over to their house and pray for him, and he said it never failed. They got healed, and healed quick. 
But he said, then I had this other lady in my church, and she did everything right to A.T. She was Sister Christian, right? Uh, but she came forward in the healing line, and she struggled to, to receive. She struggled to receive, but she's doing everything right. And so uh, I'll just sum this up. The Lord showed him the difference between the two was this. One of them was quick to believe, quick to receive. They were quick to repent and quick to forgive. And the other was slow to repent, slow to forgive, and they were slow to believe and slow to receive. But their faith was in their works. It's good to do the good works, but our faith are not in our works. Our faith, our faith is in what we have in him. Our faith is in him. Our faith isn't, oh, I did everything right. I'm going to be anointed today. I read enough scripture. I did everything just right. It's going to be awesome because of what I did. Well, who gets glory out of that? Yes, I do my part, but you know what? I am totally, utterly dependent on the Lord because I want him to get the glory. Amen? Amen. And so we do our part, but then we trust the Lord. Why? Because he loves us. Because we're his own. Because we look like him. We walk like him. We talk like him. We are flesh of his flesh. We are bone of his bones. We have his DNA. And we weren't created to be ruled and to be put under, but we were created to rule and reign. Amen? Are you happy about that today? Are you encouraged today? Do you see yourself above, raised up, seated in heavenly places? Amen. Amen. Well, let's just lift our hands and thank God for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we're seated with you. We're so grateful for your blood. We're so thankful for your love. Hallelujah. 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 And we thank you that where condemnation does not exist, Lord, that the power flows freely. Hallelujah. The power flows freely. Healing is a manifestation of your love to us. And so we thank you that in this room today, that your power is flowing freely. Right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just want to make sure there's not something else here before we hand it over to Pastor. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, I have one more thing. Is that okay? Hallelujah. I just, I just believe that when we kind of hit that point in the service where, where there are people who are living under condemnation and you need to repent.
What does the word repent means? In short, it means to turn and go another way. If my grandfather would just have repented, his last days could have been greater than all of his former. And so just real quickly, if that's you, I'm not going to invite you to the front. I just want to invite you in your heart right now to make an adjustment. Be willing to make the change that will bring you out of a life of condemnation and into a life of freedom. Into a life of freedom. And let's just all raise our hands. Hallelujah. 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 And so if that's you today, I just invite you uh, to, to see that thing, to see that whatever that bondage is in the hands of the Lord and just say, Lord, I give that to you. Just say it. Say, Lord, I give that to you. Say, let's say it together. Say, Lord, I repent for going against your word, for not yielding to your spirit. And I receive right now forgiveness, mercy, your love, your grace to flow into that part of my life. And I receive the grace that empowers me to walk in the right way, to walk in the right path for your glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, there's some of you here, I believe you've needed a healing in your body. And just what we did takes care of the blockage that was keeping you from receiving it. So before I hand it over to Pastor, I want you to raise your hands and begin to thank the Lord that you're free. Hallelujah. You're walking in the Spirit. And the love of God works in you. The power of God flows freely. Hallelujah. Healing in your body. Peace in your mind. Oh, you're renewed. You're made right in every way, in every way. Oh, those tumors have to go. Right now, just thank the Lord that you're well, you're whole, you're free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you that your healing is flowing right now into bodies. Right now, as they're seated, as they're worshiping, as they're praising you. That your power is flowing freely. We receive it. We believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. What a rich, rich message. I'm going to tell you, next, next to knowing who God is, what I mean by that is really knowing God, which is an entirely different arena of knowing things, knowing who God is. That's the most important thing in anybody's life is to get to know God. Not just know about him, but know him. But second to that, the greatest revelation every Christian must have is who they are in Christ. When you were recreated, 
in Christ, you took possession of everything he has. You partook of his life, his nature, even his calling. Oh, it's the greatest revelation you'll ever have. Again, it's who you are in Christ. Wasn't that rich today? Amen. Thank you, Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.